You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, and you are listening to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations. Transformation Radio. Life has anything to gain at all I'll count a loss if I can hear you Feel you, cause I need you Can't walk this earth alone I recognize I'm not my own So before I fall, I need to hear you Feel you as I live to make my boast in you alone With every breath I take, with every heartbeat Sunrise or the moonlight in a dark street Every glance, every dance, every note of a song It's all a gift undeserved that I shouldn't have known Every day that I lie, every moment I covet I'm deserving to die, I'm just earning your judgment Ah, without the cross there's only condemnation If Jesus wasn't executed there's no celebration So in times that are good, in times that are bad For any times that I've had it all I will be glad And I will boast in the cross, I'll boast in my pain I will boast in the sunshine, boast in his rain What's my life if it's not praising you? Another dollar in my bank account, a vain pursuit I do not count my life as any value or precious at all Let me finish my race, let me answer But it is, we swear Think we holding our own Just a fistful of air God has never been obligated To give us life If we fought for our rights We'd be in hell tonight Mere sinners owe nothing But a fierce hand We never loved him We pushed away his fierce hands I rejected his love Grace, kindness, and mercy Dying of thirst Yet willing to die thirsty Eternally worthy How could I live for less? Patiently you turn my heart away from selfishness I volunteer for your sanctifying surgery I know the Spirit's purging me of everything that's hurting me Remove the veil from my darkened eyes So now every morning I open your word and see the sunrise I hope in nothing, boasting nothing, only in your suffering I live to show you glory, dying to tell your story 
Everybody, welcome back to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations. My name is Clifton Petty John. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely, merely <laughs> existing to living a life full of purpose. Thank you for tuning in on tonight. I apologize to those who were expecting a show on last night, um, but I'm grateful for those that are tuning in right now. That's right, right now. We have an amazing guest on tonight, but as I always do, before we get to our guest, there's just some things I like to cover. First, I want to encourage you guys to check out my new podcast, all right? It's called What Now? It's the What Now podcast, y'all. I'm not going to go over exactly what it is because I want you to check it out. It's available on Blog Talk Radio, uh, Stitcher, Google Play Music, I uh, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and I can't remember where else it's available. But check it out on tonight. Listen, leave a review, tell me what you think. And I really want you guys to listen to our latest episode. Why? Because I did a two-part interview on Transformation Radio 2.0, okay? And for those who are unaware, Transformation Radio 2.0 is where we embrace the uncomfortable conversations that are connected to purpose. Those are kind of the edgier, or or I don't know how you would describe it. Yeah, I'm going to say edgier shows, okay? So I did a two-part interview with, with a friend, all right, uh, who happened to be a former porn star. Uh, from that interview, although it was the highest rating shows that we've had since I started, uh, in my inbox, I re- received a lot of questions about me doing that interview or sitting down with him. I explained all of that on the podcast, so I'm not going to cover it here, but I definitely want you guys to go and listen to my explanation of it, as well as check out the two-part interview and all the interviews that I've done here on Transformation Radio and on Transformation Radio 2.0. All right, so here's what's up. As I said, we have an amazing guest on tonight, and I want to make sure that everybody that is listening has an opportunity to be a part of the conversation if you desire to be a part of the conversation. So you know what that means? I'm going to open up the phone lines throughout the entire show. Okay, now here's what's up with the phone line. Because of our limited time, I can only allot you one minute for your question. And if you try to go over a minute, I'm going to have to hang up on you. I don't want you to take it personal. 
uh, but I will have to hang up on you because we want to be respectful of our guests, giving them enough time to get their story out and other callers that want to call in. That's number one. Number two, in life we are going to meet and encounter people that we disagree with. Nobody's going to agree on everything. But as far as this platform, it is a platform that even if we disagree, we will do so in a respectful manner, which means if you call in and something is said that you disagree with, we will not be disrespectful to my guests, you will not be disrespectful to myself, and you will not be disrespectful to other callers because in turn, doing all of that, you're being disrespectful to yourself. So we want to make sure that we're listening from a place of understanding and growth so that we can all learn and grow together. And in the midst of us learning and growing together, we create a greater world, all right? So here's the call-in number. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. Now, without further ado, I want to welcome tonight's guest. Guys, he's an apostle. He's a prophet, he's a pastor, he's a teacher, he's an author, he's so many other things. But let's welcome to the show tonight, Mr. Antoine Wallace. Antoine, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely. We are excited to have you, and we believe that tonight's conversation is going to be pivotal in a lot of people's lives for them to understand even the more that they were born and created with purpose and that it's just simply uh, opportunity for them to go grab everything that is rightfully theirs. All right? So let's get started. All right? We're going to start light, okay? We're going to start light. Okay. If you had one superpower, if you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Um, that's funny. So I am a huge <laughs> vampire fan. I'm a huge vampire okay, fan. Okay, okay. Like, um, recently I was watching the Twilight series. They had them running on back oh, to back. Yeah. And in that, in that movie, um, Bella had this power that she wasn't aware of, um, that yes. it's not until she made her transformation, that's when you mm-hmm. talk about transforming, that that power became more evident. And that was that nothing that was, outside of her could impact her. Um, and then she could also create this shield that would surround yeah. the people that she she loved. And I think if I had a superpower, I would want that same ability to be able to shield from uh, outside influence, to be able to shield from outside pain and hurt. I think that would probably be one of my, um, the superpower that I would actually really want to have. Uh, especially since we are, you know, they were fighting uh, more often than it was used. So they, as we're fighting, um, to be able to just kind of protect and you know, shield the people from, you know, the opposing sides. Awesome, awesome. And I always ask people that because I feel like a lot of times the answer says a lot about them and who they are and what it is that they are, are the the position of, that they play in a lot of people's lives. So would you see yourself as one that sees themselves as a protector or others see them as a protector? And, you know, that's, that's funny because I was 
as I was talking about it, I, I did see that same thing. Like I'm always trying to um, provide information or tools that will help um, help people to get to grow and to be better and to not have to face some of the things that maybe I've encountered or um, things that I see spirit saying that, you know, that may not be the right road for you to go down. So I, I do see myself doing that within the confines of purpose of my life. So it, that just makes so much more sense. Now, have you always been like that? Like if you look back to your childhood, can you see examples where you were like that as a child as well? Or is that something that developed over time after certain things that you went through in life? Um, I've always been like that. Um, I've, I was a very particular, I call strange child. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the old people say you like you've been here before, and so as yeah. a child, I would see I would see things and try to give warnings to people about things that I saw happening and and trying to protect them from the the consequences of certain um, decisions, and so I would. I would do my best to make sure they were okay. So I've always been doing this. Uh, I tell the story of my grandmother. Um, mm-hmm. As a child, my grandmother smoked cigarettes um, uh, all of my life. <laughs> um, and so I, I had only seen, uh, I kept seeing a, her lungs black. And I kept telling my grandmother, I got need you to quit smoking because I keep seeing your lungs black. And she wouldn't. Of course, I'm a child, so what do I know? You know, that, that whole mm-hmm. children don't necessarily know anything. They just, oh, he's just talking or something like that. So I would do go to extremes, like I would hide her cigarettes from her, um, <laughs> and she'd be fussing. Bring my cigarettes. I know. bet. <laughs> but my, well, my grandmother in 2004 passed away from lung mm-hmm. cancer, and I told her mm-hmm. as a child, I said, I keep seeing these circles around your lungs, these circles around your lungs. And I don't know what I did. at that time I didn't know what that means. But when she transitioned, she had a satellite tumor on her lungs, mm. and they were not able to operate. And so I, it's it's along the same lines. I've always been one to um, have been able to be able to see things and be able to try to prevent certain outcomes. Um, but again, I'm only able to try. <laughs> I'm only correct, able correct. to present the information. So, um, but yeah, she did transition in 2004 of lung cancer, and she had exactly what I said. She had circles on her lungs, so satellite tumors that were not inoperable. They were not operable. So, um, it's been a. I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> All right, I feel you, and, and we're gonna stay right there. That's not where I originally wanted to go, but we're gonna stay right there for a minute. Um, because you talked about this from childhood, this this gift that you had from childhood. When did you begin to identify that what you honestly had was something unique, something special? When did you? When were you able to put a, you know, a hand on? Oh man, this is something different. Um, I would have to say that I it was I I was a. Uh kind of an advanced child when it came down to spiritual matters. Um, I was raised missionary Baptist. Um, that's my okay. background. And um, and I always say that I got my discipline um, from the, the Baptist church because they the Baptist church is a strickler on order and, and discipline and, and structure. 
Um, but I was mm-hmm. also the child who believed that there was more to God than what my grandmother used to say, God gave you five senses. And I would ask the question, well, what happens when your five senses are not enough? And so mm. I knew that there was more to life than what we are able to see, touch, taste, hear, and feel. There's, there's more to life than that. And so she, I was always deemed weird. She tried to set, you know, make me have appointments with deacons at her church because they knew how to, quote, get a prayer through. And, you know, I got told mm-hmm. there was something wrong with my prayer life because I asked for the gift of speaking in tongues at an early age. And I actually started speaking in tongues at my grandmother's dining room table at her house, which is still funny. Um, so it wasn't for me a tarrying session. It wasn't for me, you know, no, I ask and I believe and I and I just allowed the spirit to, you know, start birth that in me. So um, when I began to, at, at in high school, I knew that this thing was, I was doing this all the time um, in the area and environments that I'm in. Of course, I'm in school. I'm in high school at this time. And I'm always studying because I felt like when I began to get an understanding of scripture and understanding of the word, I felt like I was behind. So I would mm. get off the bus at school, from school, do my little workout. I used to be a, a runner back then. Um, and I would be in my room, in my Bible, uh, for hours. Mm. I, 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 was my, I call, tell my sisters all the time, I was their first pastor because I would pull them in my room and we would play prayer service. We would go in my closet and we would pray because I knew that something was wrong, something was different with me, but but I could not identify then, you know, this passion to pull people into this knowledge and into this place. And so um, it wasn't because in, in the Baptist churches, but we didn't really have a lot of prophets and uh, apostles mm-hmm. or uh, and these workings of the gifts. Um, that the scripture talks about in our churches because we felt like the, it seemed to me that the, the, the overall census of uh, the Pentecostal church where they were extreme, they they just did too much. Yeah. And they were more charismatic than we were. And so that was kind of like this dividing boundary that kept us from them. And so I would sneak over and when I got old enough to drive and be able to go where I wanted to go to the Pentecostal churches to figure out where this balance could come in. Um, and so it wasn't until I started being around those environments that prophets were able to stand and speak and give words. And I got to see people laying hands and they're recovering and their lives are changing. And that, and that took place like later uh, in high school um, for me, for me to start identifying that there is a world out there that does not oper- that doesn't operate in, just the structure, the discipline, and the um, uh, um, the, uh, the the foundations of the Baptist Church, but there's a world that takes that and does more with it, that allows more of the spirit to have more of its way. For me to know what the spirit was moving, which means you were probably shouting, hanging from chandeliers, and, cry, and crying on the pews. That's how the spirit moves in the Baptist Church. <laughs> when the spirit moves in other churches, it's more... Uh, a demonstrative of the of the gifts of the workings of the gifts, right. and so that gave me an awareness that there's more to life than just this. So I was probably like high school ish, 
um, when I started to identify that this, there's, there's something to this more than what I'm understanding or what, even what the people that are teaching me are understanding or allow themselves to understand about the prophets because there are some who still teach that prophets, there are no more prophets there. That was done mm-hmm. away with that, you know, I think in Hebrews it talks about that, there's, that the season of the prophet had come to an end. So it's, it's more to it than that. Um, and so I appreciate, I had to do a lot of learning on my own because um, I didn't have readily places to go to ask these questions. So I would have to be in those environments and, and be up under and listen to and hang with other uh, spirits and gifted people to be able to have, a, I, I, to start to have an identity for myself and what this means for me. Awesome. Now, I want to rewind just a little bit back when you were talking about um, receiving the Holy Spirit, I think you said in the, the dining room. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Now, yeah. l- let's talk right there. We're going to probably get into your book a little bit, too, because you were talking about it wasn't at a Tarian service. It was you received it. Now, do you believe that you were able to be to receive it in that sense because you viewed it as a gift versus, you know, viewing it in the sense of it has to be this way and it only can be this way. And if I don't do it this way, then I won't be able to receive it. Um, I don't know if I saw it as so much of as a gift at that time, mm-hmm. moreover as I saw it as access. I knew that mm-hmm. in the places that I was visiting and, and, um, um, being able to see different demonstrations and other uh, other um, denominations, other churches, um, I knew that it was a, an access. It was a place where it, it it left me here and allowed my spirit to open up to receive. And so I think because I mean I'm not against sharing services, and you know mm-hmm, the people mm-hmm. will do their do what they need to do to make sure they get what right, they get. Right. That's wonderful. But for me, mm-hmm. I didn't need anybody to say to lay hands on me for me to receive that. I had my heart was already open. I had already had a desire and a want for that um, to grow me, to grow my spirit, man, to make sure that I had the access that I wasn't um, that I wanted to hear too. I wanted to be the mouthpiece too. I wanted to open myself up as a, uh, a conduit for. Um, the spirit to be able to use me to be able to speak into other people's lives. Um, so because I wanted that to build myself and to and build who God felt God was calling me to be or pushing me to into, I, I was already ready to receive. And I think we get so messed up in um, having to have it done a certain way that mm-hmm. we forget all we have to do is ask. Um, right. All we have to do is be open and be receptive to what that looks like and how that how that presents itself and and to allow it to fully have complete control um, and to surrender to that. So it wasn't just for me just seeing it as a gift. For me, it was access because mm-hmm. at that point, I'm just being me. I don't know this this to be a gift at per se. Like I didn't right. know this. Okay. My my ability to see things and to be able to share them with people um, in all time periods, past, present, and future, um, as a gift. That's just it was just who I was. I thought, hey, I don't. I feel like you should do this. I feel like this is what's going on. I see this for you, and 
and it was just it, it's easy as having this conversation now. It was just that's just how yeah. I flow with my. Um, so I saw it as access. Okay, now how did you get from the place of seeing it as access to understanding what that access actually afforded you? As in, you know, when you begin to understand that it was a gift, you know, this was a mandate upon your life, God had called you to be a prophet. When did you reach that understanding? I reached that understanding um, probably some years later um, because, of course, you know, Scripture says in the Old Testament, the only way that you'll know a prophet that's been among you is that that Mm -hmm. what they said comes to pass. Um, Amen. And at that time, you know, we people were were I don't know if I should say this. They were hell bent on seeing the demonstration. We want you to say what Mm -hmm. he had to say, and we need to Mm -hmm. see what it happened in the time period that you said it was going to happen. It was it was one of those things. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, in that mindset, in that understanding. Um, I knew that if whatever I said, if people would come back and be like, hey, I, you said such and such, such and such, and it happened, that's when I started to align the two together, that this is not just being able to see and say what you're seeing, but it's also uh, um, a, a, our ability to be able to help lead and guide God's people. And so that probably happened years after I had um, started speaking in terms of the revelation of what this gift actually was and entailed. But, again, in the place where I'm I'm from, Nashville, Tennessee, um, there was not a lot of prophets. Um, I had a Mm -hmm. friend of mine at the time who went went to, I think, the East Coast to be ordained as a prophet. Uh, But we didn't have that where I lived, you know, and I wasn't at at the age of going out of town to, get the information that I needed. So whatever I needed, I had to find in books. I had to start ordering and reading for myself and doing that myself to build um, some type of awareness and knowledge of what other people are saying this gift is. And how did that, um, you know, having to search it out for yourself and build yourself up, you know, in in the, the knowledge, how did that help you as a person, overall as a person back then, and even right now, how does that help you right now? Because we live in a society sometimes where a lot of us want that microwave type of a situation, and we want externally for somebody to give us the solution or somebody to give us a word, and that's great. You know, that has its place. But, you know, a lot of times, a lot of emphasis hasn't been put on establishing yourself and establishing that personal relationship with God and his word, how does that help you, even at a young age, on into who you are now? Um, it was interesting for me because I I was one of those people who sought that validation outwardly. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted somebody to see this and to recognize mm-hmm. it and to help me. <laughs> I wanted somebody <laughs> to tell me what this was. Um, why right. am I seeing these things? Why am I, when I'm in prayer, I'm seeing these faces? Why? What is going on for people? I don't even know half these people that you're bringing across my uh, my view and dropping in my spirit. So I, I need somebody to tell me what's going on. What's my my idea? Like, 
somebody help me, please. <laughs> this is not a game. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and then and in a process of um, looking for those persons, I started to hear, um, hear God say, I am training you. Like, it was interesting to me because I was like, everybody else got these mentors. They're these sons and daughters in ministry. And even when it came down to, I was even asked one time um, by my assistant pastor at a church I was going to in Nashville saying that he wanted to sit down and mentor me. Um, but little did he know that weeks before that I had gotten a word that says, you beware of that same person. And so I was like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I'm just not going to win. You're just not going to send me anybody. You're not going to allow me right, to connect right. with anybody. And so <laughs> in that um, in that I in that same vein, I just began to like, all right, I'll read, I'll study, and I'll wait. Um, one thing about me is I do not mind reading. I will find a book <laughs> um, and start mm-hmm. my own journey. And and it helped me. It, it has not allowed me to necessarily be. Um, dependent upon the words of somebody else. I literally I like have to depend on um, the voice of God in every area leading me in ministry because even as I matriculated through ministry um, to where I am now, there's always been this, yes, I can connect with you, but I'm also uh, connecting with a with an ear, and I'm connecting with a right. voice. And so those right. things, are, they, they come with me. And so we can connect, and I can get, you know, along with our visions aligned and our, our ideas and what we feel God is doing, is even in every now moment, um, are, are aligned, I can get with you. But understand that I am still, I am a voice, and I have an ear, and I, I'm able to hear as well. And so a lot of foolishness that I, I've seen a lot of sons and daughters in ministry have to deal with and um the, the the idea of the hired help that has happened in the, in those relationships, I've, I've been able to watch them and not be a part of them. Um, and I'm not saying I didn't serve because I understood what serving right. meant as well, and I also right. knew where the boundaries stopped when it came to serving. Because some people will give their life, their complete life, over to to being the hired help. And there's nothing wrong with serving. Don't get me wrong. But there's a, there's, there should be some boundaries between who you're serving and your life. Now, now can we stay boundaries. right there just for a minute? Sure. Can, can we talk about those moving. boundaries? Let's, <laughs> yes, let's talk about those boundaries right there, okay, because there are a lot of people that are out there that, that are listening to the show right now, and they're struggling with those boundaries. And it has become to some degree, and I've been here before, it became mm-hmm. to, to some of them it comes to a degree where they are afraid of stepping out and doing what God has called and created them to do because they've been conditioned to be the help. So Absolutely. How, how do you establish those boundaries? Say, you know, say that, They've never established those boundaries before. How do they begin to establish those boundaries and not feel guilty about establishing those boundaries? Um, what has what has happened a lot of times in in kingdom and churches 
is that there's this spirit of this this manipulation idea that has taken over mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in leadership, in leadership primarily, because I've sat under people who have identified um, laity as dumb sheep. I've sat under people mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. says that you have, they have to be led or, and, and you know, and there's a um, a book that I read called Pastoring in the 21st Century. It's a leadership book called They Smell Like Sheep, and it talks about the different types of leadership. Um, that Jesus taught us how to be a shepherd, but there are mm-hmm. also people, but they, Jesus, shepherds aren't the only ones who handle sheep. Butchers do too. Mm-hmm. And when they mm-hmm. don't know the difference between the butcher and the sheep, they'll take the abuse and call it, this is where God has planted me. And so they mm-hmm. have the people who are sitting in situations that um, are not profiting them. It's not serving them. Uh, we've, we've been brainwashed to believe that our life means nothing when it comes down to ministry and to come down to the gospel. Mm-hmm. But I have had to grow out of a lot of ideas and thoughts into the things that, you know, my life is the reason why there's ministry altogether. Because we, we quote the scripture that God said that it's in him that I live, in him that I move, in him that I have my being. Our lives are the testimonies of what God is doing. And my life is, of, is, is just as important as the person I'm, I'm serving. My desires yeah. and what God has called me to do are just as paramount as the one I'm, 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 I'm carrying the water for. But if I'm mm-hmm. only able to be be your servant, I'll because that most of the time they've already seen what they, what the gifts God's put in you, and they're intimidated by your success. By your success, this is, these are not new things. These are not new things. Or if I wanted to make make really manipulate you, those who are being manipulated the most are probably the most gifted. Those who exactly. are buying into the I'm just a servant mentality. Is are the ones who are probably could preach or prophesy you under a few, mm-hmm. but they won't get those opportunities because they believe they're 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 a person that they're that's over them that they've submitted themselves to, because that's a that's a big manipulation word in the kingdom. Submit, submit, submit. Mm-hmm. There's that could go a whole different way. They submitted themselves mm-hmm. to and they've submitted their gifts to, and they can only grow as long as that person is being. Um, uh, uh, getting the reward for it. I talked about it in one of my Bible studies, um, how Jesus said that the enemy comes to desire to sift you as wheat, and we've looked at those um, enemies as um, this this Satan, this devil, this idea. But no, he was talking about those who would take your gifts and use them for their benefit and not to train you, (laughs) not to develop Mm. you not to push you out. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that comes to the, to sift us as wheat. Uh, but I, I pray for us that when we don't, we get to, we get to come to God. We have, we have, we were born with everything that we need. We are, we came everything. into this life completely whole. <laughs> we came into come this on. life completely whole. And so what happens is we've been drawn from the wholeness idea and to say that we need this to be to be made right, we have to buy this. We have to do these things to stay in in connection with the sphere. We have to do these things. If I do this, and I'm wrong, and I'm disconnected, or I'm separated, and those are lies that we've been fed. 
Nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you from who God, from, from God at all. But we'll believe that and we'll surrender to that and we won't become our authentic selves. We won't show up where we're supposed to be present. We'll live in moments that have passed and we have these illusions of what the past will look like and what the future will look like, and we're calling it serving. We're calling it ministry, and we've been manipulated. And people are looking for leaders to not, because here's the thing with love. If, if it, everything, you know, First Corinthians 13 talks about doing everything in love, and love does this, and love covers this, and love is not this, and it does not do this. And it was talking about the gifts in, in, even in that, in that text. Um, Mm-hmm. If we're not doing it in love, then we're not give, doing a justice to the people. But we say we love them, we want to see them move, but we're not doing what God has called us to do in love. And love is not a cage. Love is freedom. Mm. Love allows you to be able to move and be yourself without any, uh, 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 without me gaining anything, without me uh, being able to put my name attached to what you're doing, not being able to say I'm a son of this or I'm a daughter. No, love sends you out and says, go, be free. But our gifts are not rooted in that freedom. Our roots, are, our gifts have been rooted in control and manipulation. And you can use the gift as long as you stay under this house or you can use the gift as long as you stay under this uh, uh, organization. And it, it's been uh, it's been a cage for a long time because nobody wants to talk about being free. Because we're so used to, it's like the story of uh, of the horse being chained to the fence. But when you take the chain off, all he knows mm-hmm. is that space. So he doesn't right. go out to find anything else because that's the space I know. And we get comfortable being comfortable. And that's never how this was supposed to be in the first place. <laughs> Listen, the man of God said love is not a cage. That right there in and mm-hmm. of itself was enough right there because a lot of you are living in a cage. You are, And I've, I've been there. I have been there. But understand that that's not love. Love is freedom. It's allowing you to be authentically who you have been created to be. Now, let's talk about identity, okay? Can we talk about identity a little bit because you were talking about sure. it's the freedom to be, you know, who you were created to be. I feel like there's a major identity crisis. Um, I'm going to hit just the body first, and I can say even in the world as well. Uh, But I know in the body I see it so much, like people just mimicking, you know, who they've seen, whether they view that person as a mentor, that's my spiritual father, that's my spiritual mother, you know, I look up to them, and they mimic who they are versus, discovering mm-hmm. who they have been created to be. How did you get to a place in your life where you became comfortable in being Antoine and comfortable in pursuing who Antoine was or is? So it was, it was so interesting that you mentioned that because I thought about that um, leading up to tonight. Um, one of, I remember um, realizing um, that who I am, um, and my affections don't always align with what people believe. Um, however, mm-hmm. I also knew that um, I knew that God still called me, and I knew that I was right. still anointed. 
and I knew that the power of God operated in my life. And even in coming into the awareness of who I am, I struggled because of of the beatings and the abuse that I received, um, hearing these people tell me that this is what God says about certain things and finding, and attaching that to my life. I came into agreement with those words. Um, and so I spent some time trying to reconcile sexuality and spirituality and trying to make this fit mm-hmm. for me. And I, uh, I am a huge fan of Bishop. Yvette Flunder, and I'll never forget one day she said on a radio on an interview she was on, and she said, there's no disconnect between my spirituality and my sexuality. And that sat mm-hmm. in me. I had to be in my early 20s, late teens, early 20s, when I heard this this um, interview. And she's like, there's no disconnect. And it registered in me. It's like, why am I fighting this? Why am I trying to do anything other than allow this to be a, 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 an expression of who who God has shown me that I am. And so it didn't override. And so when I started talking to pastors about my call to ministry and, you know, I've never been a secret. I didn't have anything to hide. I showed up every time I showed up, all of me, because Mr. Walker said one day, if you are, if you are yourself everywhere you go, you go, then you're nobody everywhere you are. (laughs) So I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up and I'm going to be me. And I had to even tell a pastor, hey, God has called me to preach and all this is going on. How do you think about it? And they told me I was crazy, but I had had enough of the background background stories because I sat under pastors who were still struggling. I sat under pastors who didn't, uh, uh, who were accepting, but they weren't inclusive. Or they had all of these, these, these loopholes to be okay with you as long as you're serving a certain capacity. But let's keep this as a don't ask, don't tell. From exactly. the past on that. And I just mm-hmm. could not do that. And I, when I started preaching and when I was licensed to preach, I understood one thing. I did not want to be like everybody else I had heard. I sat under phenomenal pastors and preachers who could give you a word, exegete out out the whole book, but I don't want to do it like you. And for that, I knew I was clear on. I appreciate the things that you you bring to the body. I want you to continue to do what you're doing. But God didn't send me through the things in my life to be like you. He didn't put certain challenges or struggles or or how we identify them um, to make me somebody like somebody else, to make me a copy. No, I get to be me, and I get to do what God has called me to do, and I can feel the, the, the connection between the both, the fluidness between my sexuality and my spirituality. It's not that I'm uh, doing a whole bunch of extra and all this other stuff. You know, I know I'm, I'm a hairstylist by trade, so I get a little gray. Mm-hmm when I change the color up or I do something else. But I still get to be me. And that's one right. thing that I will not I will not separate. So even when I'm asked to go to different environments, um, I was, um, I, I've never told you this, but when I started doing Bible studies for Word and Power, um, I didn't go live like the first four or five, four months um, <laughs> because I struggled with people seeing me. Right, I feel you. Um, the the people around me knew me. 
the people that said they were coming to support me knew me. I didn't have any problems there. But to open myself up to a platform that showed me, and I'm not – I'm not trying to be anything other than myself when I'm in front of my own camera. And I get to right. do that, and I got to sit there, and I started doing that, and I had to deal with, hey, you don't get to sit in the background, as I'm so comfortable doing. You have to you <laughs> come out you and mean. allow people to see that I will still use you and you can still be you. And so I sit there in front of my camera, and I, I get messages from pastors across the country talking about, you just don't care anymore, do you? You just, God is just using you, and you just fully who you are. And a lot of them are asking me how I'm able to be both, how I'm able to do it and still mm-hmm. be me. Um, that was the most interesting thing when I first started because I I would log on. I, I hardly ever watch the recaps. I don't like hearing myself. I don't like hearing myself sing. I don't like hearing myself preach. So it takes me a while to get wow. back to it. Um before I can hear it from myself. And in some cases, I have they're strategically placed that I need to hear that word again. And so I have to, I sit mm-hmm. and I've actually had conversations with other pastors like, you have to do the work on your own. I've had to do the work. I've had mm-hmm. to be, be okay completely mm-hmm. with everything God created. How can I, the clay, tell the potter what to do? Say that. I have to continue to be me and, and, and everything that's in me that I am. He is. He, he's already provided everything that I need. I'm not disconnected from him because you think I should be. No, that's probably even more reason why I am. Because some, when you leave me by myself, I ain't got nobody to talk to but him. Right. And he assures me of who I am. And he proves over and over again that what this is, that he's put his stamp of approval on. That it had nothing to do with anybody else if he wouldn't allow me to link up and, and sit under the tutelage of or uh, or, or any of those um, things. No, this is all him. And he did that on purpose. <clears throat> because I at some point I'm going to have to stand before people and say, hey, you can be you. And God didn't make a mistake. He didn't change his mind, and he didn't ask for anybody else's opinion. And you can still go and do what God calls you to do. So it was, um, I don't know how I got read from the question, but no, I, had you to, good. I, I actually you got to, to be, I had to reconcile within myself and be okay and be okay. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with you before anybody else will. If you don't be okay with you, then you're not going to make as much of an impact. That struggle is always going to come out. That That wrestle you have with, completely surrendering to who God created you to be in every aspect is going to stunt you, and it's always going to be that thing that's always going. I think Paul's issue with the thorn was he wouldn't allow it. <laughs> he kept trying to fight it. He kept right. trying to have it removed. And when you allow it, you understand that there's a grace with it. There's a way you can walk with it and handle it, and it still still honors God. It still gives him glory. He still... Uh, it still shows everybody else that his grace is still sufficient. When you allow it, when you surrender to whatever God wants to do, and uh, and not beat yourself up because your affections were created by him. Your desires were given by the creator. Everything that you want to do in life, everybody that you want to love, those things were not misplaced. That wasn't something that a spirit came over you and inhabited your body. No. You are who God created you to be. 
and he wants you to be completely that and allow that to be the testimony of how he's able to still move in everybody around us. I told, I had to teach um, last month in South Carolina, and I told them, I said, you'll never look in the eyes of somebody that God doesn't love. It just won't happen. Mm -hmm. It just won't happen. You may have your prejudices. You may have your issues. You may have your things, but that's you. But we can't assign that to God because you feel that way. Well, <laughs> you said so much in, in that right there. Now, I, I want to talk about the alone times because I know that uh, I encounter a lot of people that are fighting the alone time. And when they're fighting that alone time, it's as if, you know, um, that identity is never developed or is never freed to be who they are. You, I know mm-hmm. you said from a child, you know, you just had that about you. You know, you would, could be by yourself. What do you say to those that are struggling with that alone time? Because, number one, they recently went through a divorce or a breakup, and they've never been alone in life. Like, they can go all the way back to their childhood, and somebody was always around. They never really had alone moments. And I know people say everybody has alone moments, but I, you know what I mean by alone moments. Their moments were always crowded at times, so they become accustomed to that. And now the creator is taking them through a process where he's trying to train them, you know, through being alone. And they're struggling with those alone moments. How do they get to the place where they understand that these alone moments are working for you, not against you? Um, one of the things that I had, I was um, one of those children. I'm from the country, and I know that people hear to my voice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time in the, don't come to me. I spent a lot of time in the woods <laughs> and by myself. Um, I I was talked about as a child and things of nature, mm-hmm. but that was never one of those. But I was, I was. Before I was a prophet, I sung. I've been singing since I was five. If I can remember, I've been singing. Um, and that's what mm-hmm. people will allow Will That's fine. They'll allow you to sing. But they'll get side beside themselves when you uh, you say you called to preach. Um, and so I had to sit, sit beside, sit with myself. Because, you know, alone time is not a bad thing at all. Uh, and it's actually some of those times where you have to pull away and allow all the other voices to subside. Um, I think I still, I remember you posted years ago, and I still look at it, and it still makes so much sense to me um, on social media that a lot of us don't get to move forward in who God's calling us to be because we're still holding on to words that were said from yesterday. And so when you mm-hmm. get by yourself, you get to undo all those yesterday words those words that were spoken over your life that you're still looking at and still waiting to come to pass. Mm-hmm. And, and God said, I'm mm-hmm. doing a new thing. Forget the former things. And so because <laughs> we we get so caught up in um, faith being what we have heard, faith coming by what we have heard, we don't know that faith comes by what we hear. It's a present hearing. It's always an up-to-date hearing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you can't hear when you have other voices in your, in your ear gate. You have to have that alone time. Jesus himself even had to get by himself. Going across the river, I'll meet up with y'all. I'm going by myself over here to pray. 
I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to clear my head. I want to be able to make sure that what I am, what I say to you is what the Father is saying to say. What I'm doing is still aligning with the purpose God placed me on the earth. So those alone times, you have to embrace those. And I think that for a lot of us, and I've said this before, a lot of people don't know how to be alone because the people that are around are attached to wounds, they're attached to trauma, they are, they are in place of the healing that God is trying to do in us, but we've attached things to the, the, the scab, to the wound. And so when God starts to reveal those places to us, in us, um, and show us those, those triggers that we still have to, have to deal with, um, those, the people come off of those triggers and you get to be healed because you assigned it as an, a medicine to something that God was like, I want you to be whole. I want you to be how I see you. Mm. God doesn't see us broken and, and, and busted and disgusted. He sees us whole because that's how he created us. Uh, and we, we're not told that enough, that you are whole right, right now. And I know it doesn't feel that way. I know it doesn't look that way. I know there are circumstances that you can assign to the reasons as to why. But no, you're whole right now. And if you see yourself whole, you'll start moving a little differently. And your alone times won't be so hectic. You won't have to have to have a word from somebody else. You can sit by yourself and hear God clearly. I've I've been wrestling a lot with this idea with um, the flesh being as bad as as we say it is, um, because mm-hmm. in this a new journey, as I progress and I've come out of agreement with a lot of things that I was taught as a child, I learned that the way out is within. Um, what do you mean? We, we we give our we give our flesh, and this flesh dwells no good thing. Well, let's just stop assigning David's problems to our lives. Like. Let's not continue to allow Yo. all issues to become ours. Yes. So can we have our yes. own conversation? Like I understand yes. we read about Paul's issues and we read about how they, David had so many ups and downs in life. One day he was fearfully and wonderfully made, and the next day he was like, woe is me, created me a clean heart. <laughs> we have those times. It's okay. Oh. It's okay. We have those times, but we don't get to assign their issues to our lives. And so when we read the Bible as, 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 as it's written, we understand we can see the character flaws in the people that we have esteemed to be the, the predominant people in the scriptures. But you are no, you're no less than those predominant people that you esteem. You are a walking epistle. You are, I used to say, that you are the only Bible some will ever meet. Yep. But you get to do that. You get to assign that. And if you get by yourself, You'll learn a lot more, and you'll see how far, how much God wants to do and how much he wants to heal, and, and you keep yourself aligned. Um, the whole idea of meditation and allowing yourself to connect back with your eternal source allows you to sit still. That's what being still and seeing is mm-hmm. all about. When you sit down, the, Jesus told the disciples, the kingdom of heaven is within you. But we're so used to looking for it outside of ourselves that we're missing it, that we don't get a hold of it. We'll never grasp it because we think it's outside of us. No, baby, go within. Go in yourself. Allow the spirit to work in you. Your body is a temple. Go in. The way out is always within. And so when situations start to 
uh, and I, I teach my daughter this now because as I'm changing, my parenting is changing. As I'm changing, what I'm able to pro- progress, to, to present to people is changing. I was so nervous uh, last month about going to South Carolina because I'm no longer in that same places where I used to be, you know, how we did what we were taught. I can, I can mm-hmm. charge a room and I can – uh, stir up the spirit and all this other care and all that. But that's not mm-hmm. where I am right now. That's no longer serving me. Right. And so now right, I have right. spirit. I'm going in who I am now. And what was it was it was terrifying mm. because again I'm going in traditional Pentecostal environments talking about uh, uh, the, the, them being divine, knowing that you are an mm. expression of who God is, knowing that you are a wave of this ocean, knowing that. You can never be disconnected from God, knowing that you can salute the divinity in the next person. And when you look at the next person, you should be able to see God, and that will help handle a whole lot of conflict that we already have in the body of Christ as already. One of the problems yes. is we don't see each other as God. We don't see each other as an expression of who he is. And so we don't, we don't celebrate or salute the God in the next person because, oh, you, talk, you said this, or I don't like the way you did that. But hold the space for them to be who God created them to be. You get to learn these things when you, come, when you get still, when you get to, to know and be still and learn from the source. Because the source is there. The, the divine mind is there. If we continue to stay connected to him, I tell my daughter all the time, when she's like, I don't know what to do about this situation. I, don't know what, I tell her that uh, uh, the divine mind is on the inside of you. Divine wisdom mm-hmm. is on the inside of you. You'll know what you need to know when you need to know it. So that stops her from the wrestle and that allows her right. to be still and to wait for the answer. Like we don't we don't teach that because we're we're too busy begging God and pleading with God and we don't serve oh. a God we have to beg. We don't serve a God we have to plead with. No, it's his good pleasure to do good things for you. And those things are already assigned. All that we're waiting on you to do is to affirm what you already know. It's so interesting to me, um, and you have to stop me because I'll keep going. Uh, it's no, so I want interesting you to, to me going. that even, <laughs> even in when the scripture where Lazarus uh, was uh, dead for, for three, four days, and um, mm. clearly he's sinking and everything like that, the situation doesn't look like much hope at all. But Jesus did showed us something in that scripture. He did not think that God would never hear him. It wasn't something that he assigned that God allowed. He couldn't fathom the idea that God allowed would take Lazarus from his sister. <laughs> that just didn't, mm-hmm. didn't compute for him. And so when he went to the tomb, he would say, thank you that you've always heard me and that you hear me right now. Lazarus, come forth. It wasn't even in question. I am praying even in my own personal walk, that I have the faith to believe this is not even something I can assign to God. This ain't him at all. And so I, what I know about him, what I know about the spirit of God, and to come forth out of my mouth as if there's no other option, what is there else to do? Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't understand anything else. Lazarus can come forth. Exactly. <laughs> I want that type of that declaration in prayer. That I don't have to sit here, Come on. oh, God, if it be your will, oh, God. I don't... No, <laughs> it's his good pleasure. He wants to do it, to do it for you. Yes. Go to him as if, that's why he says when you go to, when you ask for it, they believe you already have it. There's no doubt about it. There's, not, there's nothing to question. 
he's going to do it. But what we don't, when we Absolutely. understand our divinity, we have to understand that God is not going to argue with himself. He's not going to argue with himself. So if you say you are a certain thing, yep, you are, because that's what you, that's what I'm, that's, that's where you are. You know, you have to be careful with your I am. Um, and don't allow, my pastor says we all the time, don't allow your you are, allow people's you are to become your I am. You don't, the only person that can say I am is you. And when Moses asked God, who do I say sent me? I'm not going to allow you to use your you are. You tell them I am that I am. I am that I am. Because I, that's all they need to know. And so those, those moments, and every one of them, they've all had those moments when they're by themselves. Moses at the bush, uh, David out in the field. They, they've been by themselves. And they were developing. That you, they, most of the development happens when you're alone. You get to Absolutely. really ask the hard questions, and you get to really uh, uh, tap into a power that you don't even know exists because you're too busy riding off the energy of everybody else. And your energy is not present. Who God created you to be is not present. And so you have to embrace those alone times, and they're not there to make you feel depressed and not there to make you – no, use those opportunities – to, to, to really build, to do some self-introspection, to, to evaluate where you are and where you, what God is pulling you to and what lessons you learn. There's, there's only lessons. There's everything that we deal with and encounter our classroom. What are we learning? Mm-hmm. What is the Spirit telling us? Where does, what is the Spirit trying to reveal in us? But we want to be a wonder outside of ourselves before we're a wonder to ourselves. I want to be the next big platform artist. I want to be the one on social media with the biggest following. I want to be – I didn't want to be any of that. And we can talk about the book, and I'm going to tell you, like, because when I started doing the things for the book, um, my book coach was like, well, what's your goal? I just want the book done. Like, I didn't have (laughs) – I want to reach 5,000 profits, and I want to sell 3 million books. No, I just wanted the book done. I wanted the book done. I didn't have any – I don't, you don't see me posting about the book as much because I just wanted it done. And I feel mm-hmm. like every, whether it's in this season or the next season or whatever, the book is done. So whenever it, it gets off is when it's supposed to. That's fine. It's done. I've done. <laughs> because I, I, listen, there, I there's listen not much. Uh-huh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was saying I let you talk us right off the air. It's still we're still recording and it's gonna replay on the podcast edition. But I let you talk us right off the air um, because I'm gonna have to bring you back again to finish the conversation because we didn't get to talk about the book. We get to, didn't get to talk about a lot of other things. But I know that we went exactly where we were supposed to go on tonight. So mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do now is when we get off the air, when we go dark. I usually have three questions that I ask each guest. I want to ask you those okay. questions, um, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to say your last words to the audience. If you feel led to pray, you can pray for them. You know, feel free to do whatever you're led to do. All right? Okay. So here's the first question I always ask, and I relate it to what the individual guest does. So I would say, what advice would you give to anyone that's out there, they're young in ministry, and I'm, I'm not even talking about young in age, but young in ministry, 
and they're struggling with the mindset of God is calling me to do something that's never been done. Nobody's really going to understand it, and it's going to cause me to have to leave some familiar places, spaces, and faces that I've become accustomed to. What advice would you give them? Um, I've had to be that in that same place um, because I've always felt that Word and Power is a different ministry altogether. And God told mm-hmm. me early on, stop trying to make this another black Pentecostal church. Um, right. So I had to surrender to the not knowing. One of the greatest things mm-hmm. I've had to learn was to surrender to not knowing. God uses us more when we come to him as a child who has no clue. Mm-hmm. God's calling you to do something. It doesn't look like what you've ever seen before. It doesn't look like what you've been ever encountered. It doesn't. That's fine. Surrender to what you heard. Surrender to the knowing. Uh, surrender to what God is trying to do in you so that you can completely give yourself. And it's okay. I was having this conversation with my mom, who is a new pastor as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just this past weekend, I was sharing with her, I said, Mom, even as you're pastoring the church, always be in a mindset of not knowing because you are open yourself for God to be able to show you and do things in you that are not heard of, that have never been done before. Uh, when Jesus was on the scene, he asked the uh, disciples to do some very interesting things <laughs> that didn't seem right. like it was applicable or had any type of relevance to what was needed, but be open to the following. And I know that a lot of people are, they get nervous, especially when they are, when, you know, you have fathers and mothers in ministry and their name is attached to something that you said God said to do, and they don't know how to, how mm-hmm. to support you. Be okay with mm-hmm. going alone. Right. Um, I've had to detach from some people that I absolutely still love to this day. Because what I heard God saying in me was not the same thing that was going on with them. And it's okay that everybody doesn't awaken at the same time. We're in different places. We're growing at different paces. But as you are continuously allowing and you're continuously giving God the yes that he deserves and needs every day, and that yes to everything that he's saying, yes to every situation, yes to every lesson I'm learning, I will always be in a constant mindset of, I don't know, Father, you, but you do. And the divine mind is what's operating in me now. Be okay with what with, with attaching to a source that is uh, 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 so intelligent that even the dumb things confound us. <laughs> right. Stuff that doesn't make sense. Always be able to be connected to that source. Stay in that in that vein, um, and and you'll be fine. And everybody, and I know that you're not doing this just because you're trying to build a name for yourself. But also, the, the nation God has assigned to the thing God called you to are probably people you haven't even met yet. Exactly. Be okay with that. Be okay right. with mom and them not supporting you. Be okay with your yeah. pastor not understanding your call. Do it anyway. Do it also, anyway. Also, you brought up your mom. You brought up your mom in that answer as well. And I think I read today, today is your mom's birthday. It is my mother's birthday. Yes, we want to say happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the second question is, 
Um, here, we like to recognize those who have made an impact in or on our lives. We call them transforming transformers, okay? Do you have mm -hmm. one to three people that have been there for you that have helped to be, you know, your support system that you want to honor on tonight or acknowledge on tonight uh, as transforming transformers? Wow. I think that in every every new place, there's a new teacher. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've had the pleasure of being able to be impacted by a lot of people, um, some of which mm -hmm. who have never met me. Um, but I've got to watch their journey. Some like your your Bishop Yvette Blunders. Your um, mm -hmm. I got the, the privilege of serving under and being a part of the movement that um, Bishop Oliver Pye Allen is doing uh, for years, yeah. which started me in the the whole complete reconciliation of knowing that you can still have God and still be be you. Um, mm -hmm. Now I am um, because I'm I've been transitioning. Um, I've been admiring the work of uh, Pastor Greg Stamper, um, who is the pastor of Celebration Spiritual Center in New York, and um, Pastor D. Mm -hmm. Pulp, who is pastor of Spirit and Truth, where I go to service now. And because okay. they're um, taking the, the scriptures from a different lens, and they're taking mm -hmm. our consciousness and our, our, the awakening of who God is and, and how many ways there are to get to God um, and how many things that I have to come out of agreement and out of growth with some things I've learned, even from people that I've actually served and admired. But even in every stage, they were needed for the steps out of where I'm going, where I'm headed now uh, and where I am now. And so I appreciate those deposits um, and those downloads from those people because they help um, make sure as a, the weird child growing up who thought I was something, there was something was wrong with me. No, I got to learn that I've always been okay with where I've always known. The people that didn't know mm -hmm. how to handle me, um, when they don't understand something, they, they shun it. <laughs> right. Um, right. And so I've learned that I'm now having to heal the child that was told, and you something was wrong with you. No, I've always thought this way, and it's been okay all along. You just right. couldn't, you couldn't, you didn't have the capacity or the open mindedness to be able to handle the questions that I had, um, yes. and to forgive them for that, and to be and to reconcile that, forgive them for that. I told my mom, I said, you know, I was sharing with her about where I am on my journey now. I said, I don't fault you because of what you taught me. That's what you knew. Right, uh, and that's what that's what you were given, and so as I'm allowing myself to to be who God called me to be, I have to let go of a lot of that. Doesn't mean there's anything Absolutely. wrong with it. I don't share your same beliefs anymore, and that's okay. Right. I respect them, and it's okay. I I know how to you know I can still get the devil out of you if you want to keep that you know that idea, and we can carry, and I can do all of that, but I'm not taking it home with me. Right. I can, I can, you know, be all things to all people to win some. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate the deposits of those people and, and the people that I, I work alongside. They mean the world to me. Um, again, shout out to Ignite Movement. I, I absolutely yeah. love the people yeah. that I work with. They are, they are really what it means to iron sharpens iron. Um, we are coming up and we are allowing 
and surrendering to whatever God is doing. And that's so it's so impactful to me personally because it means that, I, that we don't have a, a structure. We don't have a form. All we have is a yes. Come on. And when I told uh, my 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 um church what what God is doing doesn't have a manual. There's there's no scripting to it. No um, and even though the things that were before are great things, it's like you know the scripture says, right. uh, "Forget ye the former things; behold, I do a new thing." And he was talking about the great things he had already done, making waves the, in the sea exactly. and for, uh, parting the Red Sea, and all, all the wonderful things I did. Yeah, forget about that because I want to do something else. And so it's, that's where my mind is. I'm always here. Okay, I'll let this go. I'll I'll put this away because I feel you want to do this. I hear you doing this. I see you doing this. And I, it's really keeping me in a constant present state with thought, with the spirit. It's, I'm always not in the now moment with them. What are you doing now? You know, I can't stick on what you, how you healed yesterday. What do you want to do today? And it's right. exciting. And it, it, it keeps you uh, aware um, of what's to, what's to come and not left behind. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I have one more question for you before I let you um, close out um, as if we're in service. But um, one more question (laughs) for you. (laughs) I ask this to everybody. I love hearing everybody's answers. I love the expression of who. Well, I'm going to ask the question first. Antoine, who is God to you? Wow. God has been a lot of things to me getting up until this point, but now God is life to me. Um, God is divine life. He's life. And everything that I experience, I experience God in different ways. Um, it's, it's, I've had to grow into the awareness that um, I am a part of, some, of who God is. And everywhere that I am, God is too. Um, and so I only, my, my, my themes, I've been doing a lot of reading, and so I have on my desk at work, I agree with God only. Mm. Because God is life. I like that. God has it's shown to be life to me. Um, everything, every time I breathe, you know, meditation has to do a lot with breathing. Um, concentrating on your breath. And I used to ask when I first embarked on meditating for real, I was like, what is this about the breathing? And I was I reminded of what, what, when God formed man out of the dust of the ground, what did he do? Breathe into him, Breathe. the breath of life. Come on. And so as you're meditating and you're focusing back on your breath, guess what? You're focusing back on God. Exactly. So it's it's more to and it's, it's you know and there's a lot of different religions a lot of different beliefs that do view meditations in their ways but I, my my interpretation is when I focus in on my breathing I'm focusing back in on God I like because that. God is life to me I like that awesome so now here's what we're gonna do I want you to give the, give you the opportunity to share whatever it is, their, their takeaway from everything. You've given, given us a lot of things to think about, and I encourage people not just to go back and listen to this one time. 
keep going back and listening to it, not because I want the views to be up, but because he spoke so much life into each and every one of us on tonight that it's going to take us a while to download it or to realize that we've downloaded it. So I encourage you to go back and listen and listen and listen. But if everybody forgot everything that you said tonight, what would be the one takeaway that you want to leave everybody with? Um, if you don't remember anything else tonight, um, always remember to stay in direct alignment with the spirit. Um, mm-hmm. Everything else flows from that. Um, we, we, you can be taught to be disconnected. You can be taught to be um, um, controlled. You're taught to be manipulated. But what do you feel the spirit of God saying to, through, and, um, and as you? And I, we did, I didn't say this earlier, but I, I really believe that, you know, one of the themes from my church is we are created by God. We're creative as God, and we're creating as a God. You have to like know that. where your place is. You mm-hmm. have to know who you're connected to. God is moving in, as, and through you in everything that you do. You are an expression of who God is. And don't let anybody tell you who you are when you know that you are divine, when that you, you know that you are gifted, you know that you are anointed, and you know that you're called. Step out of being comfortable and surrender to the unknown. And just continue to allow your posture to always be a yes. And just live in the moment that you have right now. Um, don't be so caught up in what happened yesterday. Don't be so attached to what could happen tomorrow. The only moment you're, out, you're given is the one you're in right now. And appreciate the beautiful uh, and, and the beauty of that, how beautiful and the beauty of those moments. We miss so much using our now as a means to an end. We don't appreciate as much and we're not as grateful as we should be because we're trying to, I can't wait till this happens. I can't wait till my credit is better. I can't wait till I live by this house. I can't wait to get this car. But you don't realize how beautiful it is to, to be in the moment that you're in. That's the only one you're afforded. Mm-hmm. And every new mm-hmm. moment, you can make a different decision. Whatever, you're, whatever it is going on, whatever it is, you can make the decision to do something differently right now. So if you don't get nothing else, remember the power is yours. The decision is yours, and the universe is waiting for you to respond. Yes. All right, now here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to give them your social media handles, your website, um, even with Bible study. We didn't even get to talk about That's why I said I got to have you back on because we didn't get to talk about a lot of stuff. So I'm going to be reaching <laughs> out to you for you to come back on because <laughs> the hour went so fast. I'd love so, to. Um, but I want you to um, just give them your information so that they can connect with you on social media. Absolutely. I am, I'll spell it out, on Facebook and on Instagram, I'm Antoine Wallace, A-N-T-Y-O-N-W-A-L-L-A-C-E. Uh, I'm, my Bible studies are done through Word and Power Church. If you look it up on Facebook, our um, Instagram there is Word and Power Men. Um, and I can be reached on my website is AntoineWallace.com. It's really about the book. 
Um, so and, and any type of booking engagements can go through there as well. If you want to reach out to me, you can do so um, either and through any of those platforms, either Antoine Wallace, A-N-T-Y-O-N-W-A-L-L-A-C-E at, on Facebook, Instagram, and AntoineWallace.com. Uh, and I'd be happy to, to respond and, and to talk with you and to share with you. Um, and I'm, I'm one of them approachable people. I don't mind responding. Um, if I feel something going left, I will stop responding. Amen. Amen. But I don't have a problem sharing <laughs> um, and trying to give uh, as much tools as I as I use. Uh, I don't have a problem sharing them with you because I don't I don't talk about things that I'm not currently doing. I'm giving. I'm I'm using the tools that I'm providing to everybody else. I'm doing the work myself um, to continue to heal and to and to be completely everything God has called me to be. So. Please connect with me. I look forward to meeting with you all and talking with you all and seeing what y'all are talking about. Um, I'm 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 me. I'm Philly. I'm country. Um, but I'm called and I'm anointed at the same time. Awesome. Thank you, Antoine, for joining us on tonight, and thank you for being you. I'm telling you, y'all. The guests that I invite on this show, each and every one of them, I invite them because I know you're not going to get a presentation. Nobody's going to come on here fronting. Everybody is going to be who they authentically are. And because of that, you're going to feel the organic nature of the conversation, and you'll be able to apply it to your life. All right, so thank you guys for joining us on tonight. Listen, join us again on Monday at 9 p.m. for Transformation Radio 2.0. I'm sitting down with Je- uh, with Delvin Eugene Reese, y'all. That's going to be another epic interview, y'all. So make sure you tune in on Monday night. Yeah, oh, man, I love his work. I love his work. Uh, To stay up to date with everything going on with the show and everything else that I have going on, I encourage you to visit my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Also, be sure to connect with me on all social media platforms. Just type in my name, Clifton Petty John, all right? Again, I thank you for tuning in on tonight. There would be no show without each and every one of you. Antoine, man, thank you again. Thank you again for coming, and thank you for agreeing to come back. um, Absolutely. On the show as well on a later date. Everyone, make sure that you connect with him on social media. Make sure you visit his website, purchase his book, and support all of his endeavors, all right? And as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Peace. So I know you've heard me talk a lot about working with people in entertainment, and perhaps you don't necessarily work in entertainment. And if you do, you may not need a full overhaul at the moment. However, you may be facing a challenge or working on a project that you could use objective perspective or expertise on. Um, This is why I offer consulting. Here are the areas I can help you in. Branding, marketing, creative strategy, spiritual development, identity strategy, style and image, content strategy, entrepreneurship. I would love to work with you to navigate your challenge or to enhance your project. If you want to book a one-time session or inquire about a short-term consulting relationship, you can do both by visiting YourSupernormal.com. Let's get it.